I used to sell crisis tickets. I got a guy who was a computer science student to help me buy thousands of crisis tickets at once. Is it the toughest interview process you've gone through? The simple answer is yeah. Hi, I'm Erin Velak, and I've made it my mission to interview the members of the University of Nottingham's student radio station, URN. Join me to uncover how our members got into student radio, what they're listening to in their free time, and their most iconic pieces of clothing that might make you recognise them as you're walking around campus. I want to know who they are when the mics aren't live, so let's find out. This is Off Air with URN. I realised I didn't give a proper introduction to my guest this week. This week I am talking to Abby Sharma. He was a member of University Radio Nottingham from 2017 to 2019 and after that started working in banking. However, that's not why you're likely to know Abby. You're likely to recognise Abby from your TV screens as he was a contestant on this year's Apprentice. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I am here with Abby, and it's a really special episode doing an alumni special. And as well, I think hopefully some of the listeners will probably recognize your face maybe a little bit more than your voice because we've seen you on our TV screens. But before that, you were part of student radio, you were part of the University of Nottingham. So let's obviously, hello, welcome. <laughs> um, but <laughs> if we could get started kind of with that, how do you get into student radio? What was your experience like in Nottingham? So I was very fortunate at Nottingham because I made some very good friends. And I say fortunate, like I was lucky. But now that I think back on it, I changed my mind. I, I put myself out there. And when you put yourself out there, a lot of people know who you are and you get to choose who you want to be friends with. Mm. So I was very deliberate and intentional with who I made friends with. And one guy I made friends with, who was actually in my hall, Rutland Hall, uh, on the first day of uni, he was this really driven, quirky, ambitious guy. His name was Mullum. And I got into radio through him because it was all his idea. Yeah, Yeah. every Wednesday to host this radio. So me and him started and then we brought more people in and it was just something we did every week before crisis. Oh, that's a fun thing. So were you, was it, do your radio show go up to crisis straight after sort of sort of plan? Yeah, the, it was quite late, actually, considering how early crisis is. It was, I think it was 6pm every Wednesday. And if you've got a 9pm ticket, you oh. know, that's cutting it quite fine, isn't it? So, so yeah, um, that's how we got started with radio. We, it was very controversial. We used to discuss anything and everything, mainly to do with relationships and things like that. But um, it was just really fun to be part of that. It is fun. So will you say your show is more of a, was it a speech show? So more of like a chatty show or was it, do you have some music as well? Yeah, we had music to break it up. Mm. Um, so that was always cool just to pick it. There was actually one of our friends whose only job was to choose the song um, <laughs> to to go on in the breaks. And we always used to say, oh, great, great song choice, great song choice. Um, they had the, the, the tunes ready. But uh, yeah. Aside from that, it was it was just the discussion. That's fun. I mean, that's mainly the stuff I do at, at radio right now. Um, 
I'm a talker, not a music person. So I completely get, it. I love it. Do you think that was something that really helped you kind of going on later in life? on in life I mean I know you're not necessarily doing radio as a career right now but it's definitely would you say helped you and yeah I think it has helped me it helped me identify my weaknesses Mm. um you know you you think if you're a a person who is a waffler you think that you can just sit there and it will all be fine but that's not the case when you're on the radio because you've got to be clear and concise with what you're saying as you know yourself Erin. yeah um and so I really did identify my weaknesses there and and I realized I'm not a waffler and I have to plan this a little bit I mean yeah, you're saying exactly what my biggest problem is I do just start talking go a million miles an hour um sometimes without a plan which is which is not when it goes very well um but I'm glad you enjoyed your time at radio and I don't know if you know this I I don't think you were part of the new studio so I think URN it will be completely different to how you remember it um because we've moved upstairs since then I think that was just before your time sadly but still going strong and so I don't think there's any shows like what you're describing but I definitely think we need to maybe find some people who want to do a kind of fun chat you on just before crisis I, I mean I don't know how many people used to listen to it on my CV <laughs> I wrote that it had 35,000 listeners per week which technically could have been true because yeah. it was broadcasted in in the whole building of the I think the the Portland building yeah so technically that could be true if everyone's walking by and listening but I don't think it got many listeners, to be honest, but it was just fun. I mean, that's exactly what I said. I'm like, thousands of potential <laughs> listeners. Real listeners, yeah. maybe two or three. It depends if my yeah. mom's turned it on that week or not, basically. <laughs> you also did a degree, has to be mentioned. You know, there was a reason you were at, um, at, at university, other than the radio. Uh, how did you find your degree? What was it in? How did you feel like that helped you kind of moving on as well in life? So in A-levels, I didn't truly know what I wanted to do. I think there's two types of people, those who are very clear and those who are not too sure. And I was in the latter category. Um, I loved economics A-level. I was okay at maths. So I naturally, I just thought, let me do the degree. And it was one of the biggest mistakes I ever made because economics as a degree at a uni like Nottingham is not something you can cruise through and not something you can shirk out of. You can't hide. It's a tough degree. Um, even though there aren't loads and loads of contact hours, it's just the exams are, are quite mathematical and graphical and tough. So, yeah, I, I feel like I, I was conned <laughs> in a way. Um, but, you know, looking back, I think the good thing about my course was... I met some incredibly ambitious people, some real winners. And it was due to the meeting those people that I actually ended up in banking. I never would have ended up working for Barclays without those guys. So, um, yeah, I did econ, BSc, because you get to choose at Knots. Um, and, yeah, man, I found it tough. If I could go back, I'd probably do something else. What do you think you'd do instead? I, I probably wouldn't go to uni. Okay. I probably wouldn't go I think I love uni and this is coming from someone who took it full throttle like I I made the most out of it I was part of loads of sports teams radio I used to go out so often I made so many friends but I'm just talking about 
my progress in life. And I think potentially I would have gone further if I didn't go, if I just jumped straight into business. Yeah. Do you feel like having an economics background helps in business? Or do you think sometimes it's a bit of a hindrance because people assume, you know, everything about all the money that's going on, but maybe maybe that's not the case? I guess if your business is something to do with macroeconomic trends and you are trading, you know, stocks, I guess, yeah, it could probably help you. But all in all, it's a very theoretical degree and it's not a lot of doing, it's a lot of thinking. So... Um, yeah I mean I don't know if I've mentioned this I'm currently a third year economic student I understand mm. your pain completely it is I, I when you said it feel you feel like you got conned good at economics at a level all right at maths I was like you're literally describing my life story here if I could go back I'd do something completely different and um, mm. but at the same time you know I feel like you learn a lot and it it does make you appreciate how difficult maths is and how mm. difficult graphs are. Um, but at the same time, hopefully, I'm definitely if you're going into business, it seems like it's kind of the right sort of realm of as well, potentially is quite a good way of uh, forcing yourself to get quite a lot of structure. And it's quite very mathematical, mm. scientific thinking, which mm. I assume must be useful in business. I'm not a big business person myself. It's, idea of it I love the idea of it but I don't think I quite have the the brain for it to be honest but no I I think anyone can do it my view on that is anyone can do it and a business business is not just one one thing you you know you can set up a business in absolutely anything if you love the radio you could potentially set up a radio business or something like that I I know there will be a scope for it so anyone can be an entrepreneur that's my view but I, I I think that a degree will never help you in business the only thing that will help you in business is business itself finding a product and just selling it you know i was always selling something at knots that's one thing that didn't change um and i it was it was like my eyes used to light up when i'd make even a small sale um i used to sell crisis tickets you know i i got them i got a guy who was a computer science student and i got him to help me buy thousands of crisis tickets at once you know how they sell out on the website instantly yeah this guy he he somehow made a, a, a bot and with the bot you could buy thousands at once so we got them at the six seven pound price and because we got the end of i think it was the end of time tickets the ones where exams are finished yeah they used to they used to sell for 30 40 quid um which That's was incredible crazy. I see some yeah. pricing. And I mean, nowadays a crisis ticket is like £10 uh, that they're selling it at to start with. It's It really hurts every time I have to buy one. Um, I'm like, okay, well, that that's that's the food budget for the week gone. Um, but no, uh, I, I quite like that. That's a very, very business savvy. And clearly it's something that you've always been doing and always been an interest. So my favourite TV show when I was younger was The Apprentice because I always thought it looked like fun. I thought it just looked like so much fun to go make a product and see if it would sell. And as I've got older, I realized how terrifying it is. And I see everyone doing it. I'm like, I don't know how you do it. Um, the sort of tagline of the show, especially for this season, was it's the toughest interview process. Is it the toughest interview process you've gone through? Mm, that's a really good question. Yeah. The simple answer is yeah. I mean, it's the it's the most it's the longest interview process you know you're you're actually doing it for weeks and weeks 
you're living with the, the, the other, your competitors. Which other interview process do you have that? And the hours that you are, are operating each day is, is very long. You know, 5 a.m. wake ups and you're getting back at 10 p.m., 11 p.m. at night. Um, so it is a very, if you call that an interview process, it's very tough. However, I would say that actually getting onto the show is not as difficult as some of the banking interviews that I've done in the past. And I think having done so many interviews in the corporate world, it, it helped me get onto the show. How was the, what was the interview process like? Is it something you apply for? Or do they kind of go around scouting people that might be interested? You, no, you've got to definitely apply to it. And um, I think the only, the only reason it, it is tough is the sheer numbers of people that apply. You have thousands and thousands that apply every year. But I would also like to say that I reckon most of the applicants, they're not very serious and they're not very well researched. And I was. I think anytime I really want something, I will I will look at every nook and cranny and I will not miss anything. And I understand the whole thing back to front. So even before I turned up to this first interview, I kind of knew what was coming up. And every question they asked me, I, I had a good answer for because I'd prepared beforehand. Oh, that's really great then. I mean, if you're unprepared for an interview, then you just... I've I've done a few where I thought I was prepared and then absolutely not. So it's great you've had the experience, I guess, that you've done so many that it almost was a was a breeze to get through, I guess, that first stage at least. And then when you're on the show itself, complete is it like a completely different atmosphere? Yeah, nothing can prepare you for that. I spoke to some people who were on the show previously beforehand, but you can speak to as many people as you want. It's such an alien environment. You don't have any phone or any tech on your side. And I think one of the toughest things is not knowing what people are thinking in their head because you've got to remember it's a TV show. And even though you see 18 candidates, there are probably 70 to 80 production staff who are all working in unison to make this a great show. Um, but because it's a TV show, there's got to be a storyline to it. And mm. so constantly the, the tv production team there they're trying to mold this storyline and you as a contestant you never know what they've got in their head like okay what character and i say character like as if it's a movie but it kind of is like that oh it what character is. yeah and you know some people don't spot that they think it's what you see is what really happens but um you're a character and you're always thinking in your head what do they what do they expect from me what do they want from me decisions okay if I do this thing how is it good am I going to get through to the next round you know so you're always thinking of those things yeah if you had to go back and redo one of the tasks now I'm not saying it would change whether or not you won or lost but is there one task where you've come away from the show and you go I've now got a really good idea for that I want to I want to sort of try it again yeah I would say the task I would redo would be number eight which was immersive event, which is where my team, we went to a Victorian village and we hosted this event for, for people. Um, the reason I would do it differently was because I still won. I won the task as PM, but I just think I would have put my foot forward a lot more. And um, I think constantly, this didn't get shown, but constantly on the show, Lord Sugar 
kept saying to me, Avi, you're a very lucky boy, you know, as if I didn't deserve to really be there. Yeah. And so um, I would do a few things in that task just to show me that maybe I'm not lucky, that maybe I'm deserving of that spot. Yeah, definitely. I mean, watching the show, you kind of get the feel that some people are maybe quite difficult to work with and it's quite hard because everyone's vying for the same position. It's quite hard to sort of get your get your voice across and get your opinion across. Were there some people who you were almost subconsciously or maybe very consciously trying to avoid being on the same um, sub-team as? You don't have to name names. I'm not trying to get that out uh, just... How was the experience like? No, any, any, anyone and everyone. Look, when you're in the process like that, nobody's nice to work with nobody i mean you might think yes some people are worse than others some people are better than others but everybody wants to win like definitely they do and yeah that's the other thing you never know what the other contestants are thinking because let's say you've got an odd number of people in your team three people and you have an idea and there's the other two people they might say oh no that's a horrendous idea and then that kind of, and all of that's on camera and then maybe that makes you look bad you know yeah. what I mean? So, um, yeah, you, you're always thinking, what are these other people thinking? It's, it's very strategic. It, you might you might not think it by looking at this show, but, um, yeah, I, I loved it. It was the best thing I ever did. I was going to say, do you regret doing it or are you really glad you did it? No, I loved it. It's the best thing I ever did. A question I like to end every episode I do on, which is what are you looking forward to? It can be something coming up that's really exciting it can be what you're having for dinner it's a completely open-ended question however you want to take it I really like that question I'm looking forward to growing my brand Avi TV I've got a couple seconds if you want do you want to explain what Avi TV is what you are doing right now at all of course so before the show I was a banker at Barclays in Canary Wharf and I got the offer of of being on the show from the executive producer and they they told me in such a x-factor style way they said oh abby we're so sorry but you're gonna have to spend more time with us (laughs) i was like yeah this is great so i went to work the next day and i told my boss i wasn't allowed to tell him what show it was but i I said i've got this offer to be on a tv show please gonna have three months off work and he said abby it's not up to me it's up to the team director so you know that very day I queued up at the team director's office and just before I walked in, my manager said to me, Avi, I just want you to know, don't take this personally, okay? And as soon as he said that to me, I knew what was coming next. So I stepped into the office. The director said, Avi, stop messing us around. You're either going to choose your TV show or you're going to choose your job. Which one's it going to be? And I couldn't take a sabbatical because I was very new in the role at the time. So... Straight away, I said, I choose my TV show. Um, anyway, the reason I tell you that story is because I was a banker by trade beforehand. And that's kind of how my brain operates. I think about finance. I think about money. I think about business. That's what Avi TV is all about. Avi TV is all about business. It's my own platform. And yeah, I hope to really grow it going forward. That's really exciting. I guess that might be where I will be looking when I go, ah, oh, the business makes no sense to me. Get some, get some advice or something from there. Um, thank you so much for talking to me today. Good luck with Abby TV, and I, I hope it goes really, really well. Thanks so much, everyone.